This season of WoW Superheroes started back in September, and when we did the episode at the time, literally it got post. It was, it was your debut on the show, but it got postponed a week because the first week, Emma was like, I can't find this to watch anywhere. It is. It doesn't exist on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not simple, and it's like it's so frustrating, but it kind of becomes one of those like things where each time some other obstacle comes up, you just start laughing, and you're like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> like classic. Wow. Like this week, um, I I am one of the people that get it on Sundays, not Saturdays. Um, uh, Sundays at five in my area, and. At like 15 minutes of the or no a half hour of the episode or something goes by and it cuts to like a vignette of like you know establishing shot of like the lost um la skyline or whatever but then it's like frozen there and i can hear like a little sound clip like white noise like a whooshing like kind of like, like just like skipping so it's like stuck on this and it was that for 15 minutes i didn't sit there for all the 15 i changed it to me tv and i watched the love boat rerun but like when that channel went to a commercial break i switched back to CW and it was still stuck on the shot and that went on for like I said like 15 minutes so I missed like an entire match (laughs) and I'm like oh wow I don't even remember what it was supposed to be like it miraculously came back for commercials and then it went to the main event but I was like wow that's just like wow (laughs) all of their hurdles (laughs) part of the reason that I suggested we cover an episode of wow this week on the show is because it i saw a lot of fuss being made on social media about wow now being available through pluto tv which is a free streaming website and app i assume or also through the cw app you can stream wow now as well with pluto tv you can't just go on and watch like this week's episode they're not making it that easy they're starting at the beginning of the season with like the first four you can go and stream those ones through the Pluto app. That's that's funny. It's almost like one of those like side effects of watching wrestling. Like you got to jump through all these ridiculous hoops and have this like sort of like commitment to it, whether you like it or not. But um, yeah, I actually like Wow is really the only wrestling I've been following currently. Like I did watch that New Japan show that Mercedes Monet de- debuted on. That was sick. Loved it. Um, but yeah, it kind of does just like make it a little more, um, enjoyable just to have like one thing to follow. Um, and it sucks when there's road bumps along the way, but that doesn't take away from the product itself, I guess. (laughs) It's still really enjoyable wrestling. I guess it doesn't detract from that. This is Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez. Oh, and I'm Lindsay Baker. I'm here to talk about wrestling with women. Women of wrestling. Superheroes. So this version of WoW, WoW Superheroes, 
season one, we're in season eight now. Season one premiered in the year 2000, a lifetime ago. I was in high school. You were probably in junior high back then, maybe elementary school. <laughs> yeah, I think 2000 was actually like my fifth grade, sixth grade year. Hmm. So you would have been the target demographic, but you probably weren't watching yeah. back then. No, I wasn't. I actually had just stopped re- watching wrestling. Like, I was watching a couple years before, like, in, like, 98, 99, because that was, like, peak stone, stone Cold and The Rock, and, you know, I was 10 years old. <laughs> so all of that stuff, like, appealed to me. So, and then I think um, uh, I watched, like, a couple, like, maybe Stone Cold got injured or something and wasn't on for a while, and I was like, I don't care about people that aren't him. So I stopped watching and, yeah, fell out of it for like 15 years but now i'm back well they kind of did too so like season one of wow superheroes was 2000 to 2001 and then season two was 2013 so there was like 12 years there between season one and season two which has to be a record for television yeah 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 it's been pretty consistent though since then for seasons two through eight this version season eight premiered back in september Season 26 was the new episode you just watched yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, I watched it today, actually, like a couple hours ago. Okay, and if Wikipedia is to be believed, it sounds like episode 30 in a couple weeks will be the season finale. Oh, nice. Followed by season 9 premiering sometime in the fall. Okay. Wow. They blow through a lot of stuff. It's great, though. <laughs> this, believe it or not, this was my first time watching an episode of WoW because it was so inaccessible before. We interviewed two of the wrestlers on the show, and I tried my best to not let on that I had never seen an episode. You could have fooled me. I didn't know. <laughs> I apologize. I thought maybe you just had, like, it's all right. It's all right. Ruby, I get it. I get it. Ray Lynn, you're, if you're good at doing I'm your sorry. job. <laughs> I would have if I could have. <laughs> it's cool. There's like four WoW fans. I'm kidding. There's like 400,000 million. It apparently in syndication in wherever it does air, apparently does very well. Like the ratings are really high. So that's mm-hmm. fascinating to me too, is to know exactly the demographics of who these people are that are watching. Are they people who were, you know, fans of WWF back in the day? And they mm-hmm. just, just stumble across, across this on TV and they say, oh, this is fun. This is this is cool. And they just check it out for that regard. Did AJ Mendez bring a large chunk of new viewers with her over to the product? Are the people, the women on the roster who are wrestling on the indies like Raylan, uh, are they drawing people to the product as well? Or is it a totally different demographic from the people who watch IWTV? I'm not sure. Like, I feel like not too many people talk about it, but um, there's a couple wrestlers like Jesse Jones is one that is associated with some sort of Ohio region of wrestling. And there's a lot of girls that come in through there, like from what I've been able to pick up. But, yeah, they seem kind of like particular with like where their other wrestlers can go like within their wow contract and then there's some girls that are wow exclusive like it's weird yeah (laughs) so i dial up this episode we watched episode 24 titled unlikely teams for this episode 
And right away, the, the studio audience, the glossy production, the graphics on screen, my points of reference, I don't watch sports. I don't know, maybe this is how like it feels when you watch NFL or something. I don't know. But for me, right away, I'm like, ooh, this feels like a game show. Mm-hmm. This feels mm-hmm. like... It's, or, it's got- or like American Gladiators. Yeah, yeah, it's got a really sort of, like, glossy presentation, and even within, like, the typography and, like, the names and stuff, like, that's evolved from their first, like, reboot episode this season. It's really interesting to see from, like, episode one to now. Like, they've maintained a lot of the nice present, like, the lighting has always been really good, like, the season before it had that, too, um, but yeah, like, it's it's a nice-looking product, like, through and through. On commentary, we've got David McLean, the founder of all this, of Glow, of POW, all those classic promotions. We've got A.J. Mendez, the former A.J. Lee, and another guy. I missed his name. Uh, Stephen Dickey, I think. Um, I don't know, but he seems very knowledgeable in wrestling. He, <laughs> There's a lot of Kawada kicks I've noticed that he'll call out for, which I think is funny. And David McClain always kind of seems like amused by it. He's always like, I love when you use your facts, Stephen. <laughs> they have a fun relationship. And he does kind of have like a kind of a game show announcer like cadence to his, his voice, I feel. Which is great with David McLean, who's like, if Hannah Montana verse had like a wrestling promotion owner. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of 1993 Monday Night Raw lately, but yeah, going into this show, I'm like, oh, McLean's in like full Vince McMahon mode on commentary. That's what he reminds me of, very much. And yeah, was, he's a ham. He's a ham. <laughs> I was surprised at how little AJ talks. She gets comments in here and there, but she's not like a main voice on the broadcast by any means. She feels like the second or third person. Like McLean is monologuing for a long time, and then she'll say like one or two lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, uh, I, I hope it's something that they try to get more of because in the Access season, they had one other female commentator, and it was actually one of the women that was in the 2000 um, run, uh, Easy Rider. And uh, she was she was nice, and she kind of had, like, a fun rapport with the other wrestlers. Like, uh, Chloe Hertz would come out with dudes that she called her ring rats, like, buff dudes that would, like, carry her to the ring. It was great, and she was, like, the horny grandma that would be like, oh, bring those boys over here, Chloe! <laughs> so it was, like, she was in a little bit of the access season, um, but then she just sort of, like, vanished. I don't know if, like, maybe her contract was up or something, but then it was just Steven and David going back and forth, and uh, David is, like, such a cornball. <laughs> like, it's 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 enjoyable. He's very cartoonish, but sometimes it's just like, oh, come on, like, it's all the women and everything, and then, you know, like, whatever, like, you have your necessary evils and stuff, like, maybe a man runs the business, and it's just like, no, we still have to listen to a man talk for most of the time. Oh, you know, hurdles. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we open with a trio's tag. We have little backstage uh, words from both teams going into this. I am told, like, 
so episode 24 season 8 episode 24 obviously not the greatest jumping in point for any franchise star trek fans probably aren't going to tell you to start with season 8 episode 24 if you want to get into star trek so i'm doing a lot of catch up here from what i can gather exile is normally a take team exodus and genesis with malaya hosaka as their manager same with the Tonga twins are usually managed by Tiki Chamorro and Tiki and Malaya don't usually wrestle all that often, correct? Um, Tiki is another wrestler and she's like a young, a young starry eyed girl. And uh, Malaya's that you're absolutely right about exile. And Malaya had a fight with her previously and uh, she was like going after her, calling her like a pampered little island girl or something like that because she likes to go after like the new generation of wrestlers and she's like i'm from the crazy age with fabulous and stuff like that used to be like i don't think she has like a twitter anymore but they'll still use her handle which is like modern day moolah and it's like ooh, someone's gotta tell her <laughs> maybe she just deleted there's her twitter account because like, she found out there's good heat and there's bad heat yeah, yeah, and it sucks because it sounds like she was a pivotal, like, person in women's wrestling and everything, and um, I did some Wikipedia searching, so this is a bit of a side note, but um, David approached her to be on, like, I think the 2001 show that they did, or that season or whatever, and she, according to the Wikipedia page, was under the impression that McLean was hiring bikini models that just wanted to do that at the time, which isn't... Which is a little, you know, a turtleized misogynistic. Like, those women were wrestling. There were some good wrestlers in that and everything. But there were also some really shitty, like, gimmicks. Like, the only Asian women they had were two of them in a faction called the Asian Invasion. And they had that, like, awful racist Asian music as, like, their entrance theme. Well, one of them did. Her name was Jade. <laughs> Big shocker. Um, so seeing Malaya rejoin WoW with a group that isn't, like, really stuck, awful, like, racist stereotypes is really cool. And that's why one of their, they're my, one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, sorry, but Tiki is not a manager. <laughs> I got off on a tangent again. I'm sorry. Okay. She's not a manager, but Hosaka usually is. She wrestles here and there, which makes sense because she's been wrestling for 36 years. So she's probably not going to do a full-time schedule at this age. Yeah, I know, but she gets in there occasionally, like you said. So we get lots of shots of, like, little girls in the crowd cheering and, like, doing the the, the Tonga Twin pose, which is really fun. Everybody in the crowd has these inflatable baseball bats, which, again, is, like, giving Nickelodeon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Did I? Okay, it came off. I had like another bar saying microphone muted. Very foreboding. But yeah, those are like noisemakers. And um, I feel like they added out the sound because like those people are thwacking them together for like the whole thing. And I don't hear it at all on the show. So this is supposed to be a trio's tag. Immediately, it turns into a pure six brawl. We got six people fighting all over the place in the ring, outside the ring. And then, like ninety seconds later, it's over. Yeah, yeah. This was this is this was a pretty like you are kind of like walking in on like the boiling point for a lot of stuff. So I think it's like to build like to the fight afterward. I think, 
But yeah, like they've just been like fighting people willy nilly. <laughs> and um, then they uh, had Malaya fight uh, Tiki, and after that fight, uh, Tiki got pinned by Malaya, and then Exodus and Genesis got in the ring and started beating up Tiki. So the Tonga twins came out. So then the next week, um, Exodus and Genesis had a wrestling match with the Tonga twins. And I think Tiki interfered. And everyone was like, oh, well, Exile's the bad guy. So, you know, it's fine. The little kid cheated. It's cute. <laughs> um, and then this was like the following week where they were all fighting together. And now there's going to be another lady brought into it, I guess. But they're all great ladies, so kudos. Yeah, like I was saying, just a horrible jumping in point for a first-time viewer. Because I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I think I've got this, these six women separated. I figured out I know who they are. I know who's the heels, who the baby faces. And then everything breaks down. And then all of a sudden, there's two other women down at ringside, two uh, ice cold and on the heel side. And who came out on Babyface side? Leia Makoa, who was very great. She's another, like, um, I think she might be Samoan. I forget. But I she's another really good new recruit that they have. Yeah, so Tiki's like um, Moana at the start of the movie. Yes, yes. From what I understand, she's, she's really one to... I think she's really entertaining, too. I like her. She's cute. But I think she's, like, a great little baby face. And just, like, even when she's like, is cheating, she's just, like, doing, like, a scrappy-doo, like, snicker. <laughs> it's great. All right. So we go from this. I mean, Leia's doing this promo after the match. And, again, I don't know if this is the YouTube version or what, but she's, like, mid-word, and they cut away. <laughs> They cut to uh, a heat corner <laughs> instead. Um, I will say, I don't like I don't like heat corner. I don't I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's supposed to be. I, I don't like the name. I don't think it needs a name. You can just cut to somebody else having a promo. You don't need like a little name and graphic announcing you go in heat corner. And when they do the same when they go to like match two and it's a big block. On the screen with this graphic, I don't like it. It's obnoxious and it breaks up the flow. Yeah, that's they used to have some other match graphics too, and these match graphics are an improvement. <laughs> but yeah, like the the package, like they they do a lot of like slick stuff for the sake of I think just being slick and trying to find out their rhythm. I just wish they would post like the whole episode, like in like it's thing like they did with the access season like it would just be so much better like there wasn't any of these obnoxious like things like heat corners and everything by the way like i had to mute my mic <laughs> I, I felt like such a fall because like harley sent me a dm like all right i just watched it i'm like oh man like i watched it too like i was like oh but i'm coming from like seeing all of this build up and <laughs> they just get dropped into the heat corner <laughs> Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> so match number two was a qualifier for the WoW Championship Gauntlet. Why the title is vacant at the moment, or at the time at the time of this episode, episode 24, yes. the title is vacant. Why? 
The title is vacant because the woman that was the title holder, the Beast, who was fantastic, um, she broke her leg, I believe, during a match between uh, Reina Del Rey and Tormenta. And she finished the match while she was still, like, holding the title. But then she went to the doctors or whatever, and they're like, we're sorry, Beast, but you can't wrestle. Um, they have a ton of video packages for a while. Like, I believe, I guess it's a real injury. Like, I would believe that. But this, I also watched the 2001 WoW, and Selena Majors, who was, like, one of their big players at the time, suffers an injury as well. And they have all of these, like, hospital vignettes of, like, David McLean visiting her. And then, sure enough, like, there's the beast in, like, the hotel room with, like, her cast on, and she's like, yep, my leg is broke. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, they're going to do the same thing with her. But they do something where, like, she um comes back, and she's like, oh, my leg is fine now. And she comes back into David McLean's office, and this is all a little video package they put into the episodes. Um and she's on her crutches, and David McLean's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I don't need these anymore, and throws him her crutches, and he's like, oh, boy. And she's about to come back, but they have one of those classic wrestling parking lot surveillance footage bits where she's unloading your car, and then a mysterious Honda Civic pulls up, and someone black gets out, like, dressed completely in black, and they have a crowbar, and they start bashing the back of her leg. And then it's, oh, no, like, I was all ready to retain and defend my title, but now I can't because someone attacked me. And <laughs> I don't know if they're going to follow through with this at all, but for, like, a week they were on, like, social media, like, who do you think hit the beast? And, like, basically you, like, there was, like, people voting for every, there's, like, 40 women, and, you know, everyone's a suspect. It's just, like, who shot Mr. Burns? But it's with women of wrestling. Um, we don't know. We're just moving on from it. And while we, we just keep moving, um, they had another wow woman come out, Jungle Girl, who ruled. So she was in the 2000 version, I believe. She rocks. But she wasn't wrestling this season. And she comes back and she's like, randomly, because the Beast is like, got David McClay in the ring. And she's like, I'm done. I'm putting my title off or whatever. Relinquishing it. That's the word. And, um, Jungle Girl comes in and she's like, you gotta fight for this. I had cancer, but I, now I'm back. Um, you gotta fight for your title, just like I fought. And it's very, like, corny. Um, but, uh, she's cool, so, you know, whatever, we'll go with it. So, they're doing a gauntlet match, which is what we're watching some of the, was it qualifying matches for? Yeah, we're watching that, um... That's why it's vacant. She's going to come back eventually, I guess. Hmm. So a heel wins the gauntlet, becomes the new champion, but then the Beast returns, confronts them, and beats them to win back her rightful championship. Yes. That's my prediction, based on 20 minutes of watching WoW. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That should be what happens. Or maybe there'll be another gauntlet match. Who knows? This one was Princess Aussie taking on Penelope Pink. Penelope has Lana Star in her corner. This one was the longest match of the show at about seven and a half minutes. 
it was a little clunky at times, in my opinion, but otherwise I thought it was okay. They were, they both did fine. I know I like I I like that WoW has these big, cartoony sort of gimmicky characters. I think it's fun and I enjoy it. That like. David McLean, when we interviewed two of them, David McLean apparently like saw a photo of Raylan at uh, Coachella one year and was like, you're going to be a raver girl now. <laughs> I like that. But. Yeah, yeah, me too. He has, he's very imaginative that way. But I was surprisingly underwhelmed by the looks of everybody on the show. I was like. Okay, yeah, like they're fun, but they're so. Everybody's look is so basic and so kind of like predictable. I was really, I was, I was admittedly like very disappointed. Like when Exile came out, I was like, oh, they're just they're heels and they're wearing all black. And like Miami's sweet, he comes out and they're wearing like basketball jersey inspired uniforms, and the cheerleader looks exactly like you'd expect a cheerleader to look like, and the coach looks exactly like the coach from Glee, uh, Jane Lynch on Glee. Nobody was doing, no, none of the looks were really, like, interesting or captivating to me in the same way of, like, the first time, I remember the first time I watched Stardom, I was like, wow, these women look great. I watched this and I was like, oh, it's like, who's the, who's wardrobe here and did they used to work at Saturday Night Live? Because that's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is very, like... It is very cookie cutter and campy and the looks are very like one note. And I feel like what hinders it is you want to be on these like women's sides and everything. Like Randy Rara and Coach like have really grown on me this season and they're such goofy like things to be. But I feel like that coach girl is selling it. She's got like so much personality, I think. Um but yeah, like it does kind of like pose itself in like a transitory phase like um I kind of felt that way with um the year before with um just because like you can kind of see this like trajectory like they had uh Nikita Lyons on there who was like Faith the Lioness and she's she's not a favorite of mine like I don't want to dig too deep into it because she was 19 when she did wow like she's 22 at NXT like she's gonna be kind of a goofball like I hope that within her circle of whoever knows her they steer her in the best direction they can but she's she's a bit goofy and like now she's and I'm like yeah you know like she's in her early stages still like it is kind of like a lot of the these women are wrestling for the first time and they are kind of stuck within david mclean's little thought bubble which is very dated and like i think like that's part of the camp for me as a viewer but yeah like a lot of it is very like what you would expect and I think it kind of, like, for me at least, like, to not feel, like, so snooty. It's like, I'm watching this silly show with, like, cheerleaders and coaches and stuff, like, fighting, like, you know, the, um, what is it, like, 80s retro pack. Where it was basketball that Sweet Heat was doing. <laughs> I They say that they have, like, Miami Dolphins colors normally because it's, like, orange and blue. So I was like, oh, it's, like, 
football, I don't know, it's sports, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, it is, it is kind of like a bit, like, you have to, like, kind of get absorbed in that, like, world, insular bubble. But yeah, like, I mean, Runrena and I think, uh, Chantilly were on here. They were both like, they're open to, like, suggestions. So I guess it's kind of just like the watching the women get comfortable, like, playing, like, a goofy role. Like, there's, you, I think you saw BK Rhythm. I don't know that might've been something else, but she does like the white rapper gimmick, which I hate. I think it's like so obnoxious. Um, but David McLean loves it, but like, you know, power to her, like she's, she's trying it. Like she delivers like a different rhyme and like diss track or whatever, like battle rap, whatever each like, like, like week. And it's like, for me, it's kind of cringy. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, why am I doing this? But you know, like, she's trying. It won't stick, maybe. Like, maybe maybe it'll get better. Princess Aussie picked up the win with a... He called it a frog splash. There wasn't a lot of frog to it, but she had top up splash. She had the win to advance through the gauntlet. Match number three on the show was also a qualifier for the gauntlet. And this was a fun one because, hey, these are the two ladies that we interviewed, you and me, Back in October, Raina Del Rey, Chantilly yeah. Shella, known in some circles as Ruby Rays and Ray Lynn. They're fighting each other here. Um, obviously, obviously, I'm biased, but I thought of everybody on this episode, Ray Lynn the best in the ring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, they've been there a little longer, and as you, you know, they do their indie stuff, too. So that's really, like, when I, like, am, like grasping at stress, I'm like, no, you're going to become a WoW fan. Like, it's not all super new wrestlers. Like, there are some more experienced ones, and they really, like, alleviate, like elevate their talent. Like, Chantilly and Raina both, like, are doing wonderful things with those other girls in the ring, and it's great. Spoiler alert, but this episode did win me over enough that I think I'm going to go back to the beginning of the season and watch the other 23. Not because, yeah, like not because the wrestling is five-star classics or anything, because by no means it, it, it is it. And that's no shot to the women that would not be nasty to you, right? Like these matches are four to eight minutes long at best. Nobody, I remember reading Bret Hart's autobiography when he joined the WWF. He was used to doing 60 minutes every night. And when he joined WWF and they're like, go out there and do a three and a half minute match. He's like, how can I have a good match in three and a half minutes? There's no time to tell a story. There's no time to do anything. So it's not about that, but it's it's a fun show for all the all my faults with it. And I think I would like it so much more going from the beginning because when I see characters like this, I want vignettes. I want like footage of Chantilly out at a festival, raving it up. I want like a little three-minute documentary of Raina Del Rey walking around the barrio and talking about like how hard her life has been coming up. And from what I've gathered from you and Mayday, there is stuff like that at different points in the show. There just wasn't any on this episode. Yeah, part of that is um, because it was on the YouTube. The best way to do it is going to be Pluto TV because from what I can tell, like... I watched, I think, the premiere night with the first episode. Um, that has, like, everything that you see in the TV. And I want to say maybe, like, 
some of the online exclusives, which are never that exclusive, let's be honest. Like, just give us the whole freaking package, man. But yeah, Pluto TV, because you do get you do get those little vignettes, and you get a lot of them with like Coach and uh, Randy Randy Rock. You just wanted to call her cheerleader, because you know, let's be real. But that character was in like the original WoW too. This is a different like sort of version of her, I guess. The the other one didn't have too much character either, but. <laughs> Um. Yeah, you get you get that you get that, and it does build a little bit more, and it gets you a little bit more like accustomed to the characters and a little more accepting of their corniness. Like it's just part of the universe. It's it's very knockoff glow. Like the best like modern product I can compare it to is probably when NXT was rebranded as like the fun squirt gun like paint splatter bland because <laughs> you have these newer wrestlers trying out weirder goofier stuff that you know probably only has a shelf life of like 10 episodes before they're like all right I'm gonna be something else yeah it's a shame that you watch this on Sundays at 5 p.m because I'm like this is a Saturday morning 10 11 a.m show this is the perfect time like when I was a kid when I was 10 years old I would wake up Saturday mornings and I'd watch cartoons for a couple hours. And then at noon, WWF Superstars came on. I'd watch wrestling for an hour on Saturday morning. And then I'd leave the house and I'd go play with my friends run around the neighborhood with our super soakers or whatever. But that was like perfect. I was like, yes, Saturday morning cartoon wrestling. And the WWF of the early 90s fits perfectly into that. And that's this is what this feels like too. I'm like, a lot of the, a lot of the villains, the heels in WoW, I'm like... These are the kind of villains that the Power Rangers would fight. Like, these are Saturday morning cartoon villains, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, um, that's like, yeah, once you embrace, like, the corniness, it's like, yeah, it's Saturday morning, like, I'm gonna have my four cups of coffee, and then by the time this is over, all the caffeine's hitting me, and I'm ready to take on the day. Like, it's great. It's, it's fun, but, like, I wish the the airtime for it was a little more, like, fussed out, like, it seems to be working, they do fine on WrestleNomics, <laughs> from what I see, from what I can understand. So, Raina Dore picks up the win, she advances to the gauntlet as well, and in our main event on episode 24, it was the Tag Team Championships on the line, Miami's Sweet Heat, with Lana Star once again, at ringside, defending against Coach Campanelli and Randy Rara. Randy is a bubbly, perky cheerleader. Coach Campanelli appears to be kind of a dick. Is it? Or it started out that way, but now they're, like, begrudgingly friends? Kind of. Like, they become friends, like, right in the first episode, I believe. First or second, like, right off the bat. And Randy is pretty much, as you say, like, just a bubbly, like, kind of, silly leader and aj has this whole thing where she's like oh randy's gonna snap randy's not gonna take it much longer because coach is domineering and always like talking over her like they have a couple of like in-ring segments and i'll be honest like sometimes when david mcclain like gives the mic to one of the girls i'm like yeah like what's it gonna be because poor thing it's her first or second time doing it but coach is kind of a natural i think i was talking with mayday about this and it was confirmed that coach has had some acting classes so she's kind of got that sort of natural improv and she is kind of a she is a dick 
Um, and it's almost kind of like that uh, domineering, like, know-it-all woman, kind of like what Britt Baker utilizes, I feel, and makes her an effective heel. Yeah, and if you're playing a coach role, that makes sense to be, like, I'm the boss, you're going to do what I say, etc. I do, I, I will say I commented about the wardrobe choices before and how it's all a little uninspired. I do love Randy's comically large bow. She's got this giant bow in her hair. Way too big. <laughs> totally unnecessary. Love it. My favorite touch of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a cherry on top. There's one episode that I watched where they're against exile, actually, because I'm like drawing some pictures of it. And AJ is commenting on how the bow never leaves Randy's hair. And she's got that big, ridiculous, like, bouffant in the front that I think cheerleaders like legally have to do. <laughs> um, and it doesn't it doesn't go off. And it kind of reminded me of Smiley Kylie Ray. Like, I've seen her like wrestle so hard that she like has her bow off like get knocked off and i feel like she can get like kind of scary when she gets mean and aggressive which i love um because she's so smiley most of the time um (laughs) but when that bow gets knocked off it's like getting like set into like 11th gear (laughs) it's great but that moment hasn't come with randy yet but aj is like praying for it (laughs) it'll be yeah it'll be her version of kurt angle dropping the straps right it's like, oh, she's she's taking off the bow. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, the pom-poms are getting tossed aside. So the the take champs, Miami's Sweet Heat, they have a bunch of people at ringside. As a result, things break down. It gets messy. In the confusion, oh, I didn't even mention this, Miami's Sweet Heat also twins. We have more than one set of twins in this company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more than one set of twins, and they actually had a showdown at the end. It was uh, the Miami Sweet Heat versus the Tonga Twins at the NeverEnding Tag uh, Gauntlet Cup tournament. They had <laughs> it came down to them, and um, I think the Tongas might use the twin swap out because they're identical. But the Sweet Heat has, like, the dyed hair. Maybe they're identical. I don't remember. But I feel like Raina and Chantelli said. I don't remember. Okay, here's my pitch for Season 9. We bring in another set of twins. Maybe, like, the Vanity Twins or the Renegade Twins. And then we reveal, like, partway through the season that none of these women are twins. There's a mad scientist character who's been cloning wrestlers. You know, that would work because the season before this on Access, the previous tag team champs were a pair of twins called the Dixie Darlings. Yes, I want I want this so badly now. Take one of these women, put put her in a lab coat and the big uh, foggy glasses and be like, I've been cloning wrestlers in order to try to take over the company. Yeah, that that would be on a star's M.O. Like, she's, like, the evil blonde stepmother character. She's incredible. Like, I went back to watch the 2001 run of WoW, and partly because 
Mostly because I like WoW. I genuinely do. But also, I saw some jerk on the internet say that it was all shit. So I was like, nah, uh I'm going to go back and find so much, like, good stuff in here. And Alana Star is one of those good things. Like, the beats here acting, she reminds me of, like, an extra in a music video. Like... Um, she's, like, so, like, plastic Beverly Hills, like, Barbie movie, that's what I would expect to see her in. She's gonna be, like, a rival girl boss, like, she's gonna be the one cloning wrestlers. She'll have a hot pink lab coat, I'm calling it now. So everything breaks down. One of the twins goes for a dropkick on Coach, I think, and then she moves, takes out her sister, and that's enough. Coach gets the shocking pin. She's shocked. She got the pin. Randy's shocked. She got the pin. We have new take champs in 5 minutes, 57 seconds. And then everything breaks down again, and it's just like how the show started. There's 15 women at ringside, and everybody's brawling, and it's chaos. And a first-time viewer like me has no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah, they, they, unfortunately, that does happen a lot, because I feel like they try to build a lot of, like, they try to see, like, what women kind of stick, like, as they go along, and it's like, oh, a lot of tag matches with, like, randomly thrown together women, and it's like, oh, and then this other tag match, like, one person's pissed off, and they come running in, and then someone else is like, well, we had a match, too, so I'll come in, like, it is a lot of that, but I think they're trying to get, like, their t-shirts sold, basically, like, that sort of thing. Honestly, like, late 90s, there were a lot of nitros that ended with just a huge brawl every single week as well because if you're there in the audience live like you love it because it's chaos and it's like energy and there's so many people and you're just like oh my god what's going on so i get it. it 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 works in that sense it gets the crowd hyped yeah even just a glimpse to see like your favorite person be like oh look this was worth coming out to there's that one person i like so that was it that was episode 24 of wow my first episode a terrible place to jump in but I got a taste of like what you know you get an overview of what the production is like you get a taste of what kind of wrestling you expect what matches to look forward to you're not going to get a 20 minute main event that's okay you're going to get a lot of this sort of thing and you said it's a deep roster right yeah yeah it's like 40 something women I think so I only saw maybe not even, maybe a third of the roster, I'd guess, on this show. Maybe half. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, and what is it? Well, it's 26, so there's still, like, five more episodes. I don't think they'll be showing anyone new. But you never know. Like, they did that a lot in the previous season, too. Like, right up until the end, they're like, here's the debut of this person. <laughs> So, in addition to WOW, we are chatting about Pro Wrestling Eve this week, which on International Women's Day came out with Women Behaving Badly 2023, featuring two like kind of co-main events. Um, the first half of it streamed live on YouTube for free, and you can check that out still. And then if you want to see the second half, which has the main main event for the title match, then you need to 
any up some cash and join as a member subscription, which we have. So we're going to be chatting about the show and um, some of the highlights from it. So, Don, was this your first full Eve show? It was the first full one that I've watched. I've watched like a lot of their stuff um, on like YouTube when they have like their first half shows on there and um i really enjoy it and um it's quickly become like one of my favorite promotions so like i did end up ponying up a little bit of money so i could watch the whole thing it's definitely a worthwhile investment i think it might be still I, i'm still getting used to this youtube subscription model because i think i'm still subscribed to their old pivot share <laughs> Uh, which we subscribed to back in 2019 um, in order to be able to watch the shows back then. And that was when I was following them on a like regular basis. I was watching all the shows. I am a bit behind, partially because I have a hard time figuring out this YouTube model. Um, but every time I check in with Eve, whether it's a big show or a little show, a flagship one like Russell Queendom or like one of the little like smaller ones that they did, like they did a show like right after this one the day after that's a kind of was a smaller more mixed bag affair but i always enjoy watching them they're just usually a good time and i always find like new people that i love yes <laughs> because i haven't been checking in with eve enough in the recent like two two years really ever since they started running again um in late covid I, there's a bunch of names on this that I maybe only knew in passing or didn't know at all, including our title match challenger, Lizzie Evo. Yeah, I was, I was not very familiar with her either. And um, she was very impressive. I really enjoyed her. I loved her performance against Miu. Um, I liked her promo in the first half of the show, kind of like stating about like, you know, I, I think that's a really solid way to introduce a challenger when you have a feeling that that challenger is not going to be taking the belt, but like giving her that, like, you know, the last several people I beat were former title holders. So mm -hmm. I have that legacy and it's like, okay, you know, that's a really great way to get the crowd kind of rethinking their, you know, their, their preconceptions going into that match. Because, you know, on paper, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I don't think she's dropping the title to, to this Evo. But then you make that argument. And it's like, oh, okay. It's one of my great, it's actually, it's one of my favorite types of promos where it's like, it gives you just a really good reason to believe in the challenger. It's not like super impassioned or anything. It's just like a very logical, it's a logical argument. I, I enjoy it. And I like how the announcers did that too. Like going through like the possibilities, like especially for like uh, um, the Millie Casey match. Like, I didn't know who was going to win. Honestly, I went in there thinking Casey would drop the title I had a feeling it was going to be Millie because I had a feeling. Uh, Dan set it up early because he explained the stipulations basically of like, if Millie wins and mm -hmm. Mia wins, Millie will be number one contender. Yeah. If Casey <laughs> wins and Lizzie wins. Mm -hmm. And I loved his, like, and if anything is different, who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, but I had a feeling Millie was going to win this one because I had a feeling that she was going to be the number one contender going into the 13th anniversary show. I knew a little bit and I knew enough to know that her and me have had matches in the past. So I had a feeling that that was going to be the 13th anniversary title match for me. Millie has been in Eve for a really long time. She's been like the kid sister slash like evil kid sister of pro wrestling Eve forever. And you watched the um the Billy Starks life of yet? I love <laughs> Millie on there was adorable. <laughs> yeah. 
I absolutely adore Millie McKenzie. I think she's great. I love, I mean, I love like, like bratty kid sister energy in wrestling. It's like, it's underutilized for real. And I, and I love any, like, I love any wrestler that brings like a bratty kid energy into it. And like, Millie's um, definitely. Little mean Kathleen. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Little mean Kathleen is kind of like a, yeah, I can see her as a very like American, American version of, of Millie McKenzie. Yeah. <laughs> I want. I don't think they they haven't had a match, but I'd love to no. see between them too. It's like be like a mirror match. Um, so, like okay. if they were a tag team, it'd be like, no, that's way too much energy going on. Oh my gosh, that's mm. the booking. I want to see that. Love me, Kathy. Love me. Like I'm against like two people that are just like super serious, like Jordan Blade and someone or something. <laughs> I'm about it. I'm totally about it. <laughs> <laughs> um so we got a bunch of good matches here we got um our our main main event was was Miu versus lizzie evo for the eve title match um i need to look up and see when did she get that title she got that back they in- said it was her fourth defense yeah she got it back in november so she, i think she said four defenses she'll defend again for the 13th anniversary and that's coming up. That's like in very early May. Um, so I don't know how long she'll be there, but like they have a really great relationship with TJP. They have a really great relationship with a lot of Joshi wrestlers who work like, you know, pretty much any of the promotions, including stardom. Um, so it feels like it's a very fluid thing where she can be there when they need her there. And uh, yeah, so she makes a great champion. I mean, I've seen her in TJP matches, obviously. I've seen her elsewhere. We'll be seeing her in person in June. Like, as I was watching this match, I was just, like, thinking, oh, my God, her match with Raylan is going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I think people, like, don't give Raylan the respect for striking that she deserves, you know? And, like, watching um, these two, like, strike in the main event, this got me like on that train of thought. I'm really excited that for that for Ray Lynn specifically and enjoy because if you watch Ray Lynn in other promotions, especially if you watch what she has done in Combat Fights Unlimited, um, you can see that she has a, a incredible skill as a striker. She has incredible skill as a as a as a fierce like actual like technical fighter, um, which I think Miu is going to be able to really pull out of her in the ring um, until and. It, leading up to this, like we've mainly seen Raylan in tag matches and enjoy where like she gets to do cool spots and everything, but like we don't get to see her do really serious wrestling that we know that she's capable of doing. So I'm excited for the enjoy audience to see Raylan against Mia because I'm enjoy- I, I'm really excited for them to see what she is capable of, like really bringing it in this match. Also, she's going to get kicked really hard and her reactions are going to be great. <laughs> Sorry, Raylan. We love you, but I mean, you're going to get kicked really hard and it's going to be in, you're going to make it entertaining to watch. I mean, that's what you do. <laughs> and I thought this show was like almost main takeaway from the show. Like, I mean, there was great matches, but it was about the announcements. Yeah. This it was, was the main under- thing coming out of the show was the like two big, big announcements. <laughs> This show was definitely about the 13th anniversary show. This is like 
a very like place setting show. That being said, for International Women's Day, having a show like this where you're featuring women from all over really does like, you know, does really state in a in a very bold way of like reaffirming their mission over and over again. And there was a lot of really great international talent on this card. We got to see we got okay, so running through the crowd really quickly. Um, it opened with a six women tag match, the uprising, uh, defeating Laura DiMatteo, Rain Leverkusen and, and Rio, um, Laura and Rain are new tag champions to Eve. They're like, they recently tag, I think they said this was like, they just got the belts like very recently. Yeah. I want to say the last show. Yeah. And they clearly, they're setting up this whole dynamic of like, they're not really a very gelled tag team yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm to see and they did kind of put the the commentary did a nice job of like playing off the contrast between laura and rain they're very different personalities laura's been in eve for a long time she is um very like steadfast very serious very uh, steely wrestler and rain is not like not a very steely personality um and this is my first time seeing rio too and i enjoyed her quite a bit i'd love to see her in singles action and she just went off the charts viral what within the past week or two did she well you you didn't see the clip whenever she fell off the balcony oh i'll have to send it to you yeah it's amazing because like it's one of those clips where like the first time you see it you're like oh my god how did she not die and then like you watch it again it's like oh my god she did it perfectly (laughs) i completely You'll have to send it to me. They defeated by the Uprising, which is Rhea Riley's uh, heel faction. Rhea is, and the commentary again, did a great job of, of catching people up in that like nice, efficient way. Rhea's been a part of Eve since Eve's very first show. She was practically a kid when they first started. Uh, plucky, baby face, pe- uh, through and through. Then in 2019, she turned heel and... It was one of those great moments. It's one of my favorite type of heel turns where it is the motivation is is selfish, obviously, but like they are also making interesting points. They're making good points. They're making like like there there are there's truth behind what they're saying. They're just going about it the wrong way. And Rhea's been operating at least when she first turned heel. That was kind of where she was operating from. Since then, it's become more of just you know we're shitty and we do shitty things, but. <laughs> Her faction's really cool. She's got great wrestlers in it. And Sky Smithson is really hot. So, you know, I'm not going to hate on the uprising. I really quite enjoy the uprising. Okay, um, do you want me to take the next match since it's one of my favorites? Yes, please. Okay. I wanted, okay. Well, yeah, this is really wanted you to shout out your girl. <laughs> okay, so in our next one, we had Nina Samuels, who had a super awesome entrance with a super cute oh, little hat. And Tiny now hat. I have- that's what just i was gonna say why do our audiences do really cool chants and singing and americans don't do that so it's one of my favorite things about uk wrestling um they have they have cadences just like american wrestling does but they also have songs where they just kind of like instead of the, the instead of our chant cadence they have songs that they just slot in things into so they have it's it is a standardized thing but they just like 
it's a lot of really improv stuff that the crowd catches on to like really fast. And it's so impressive to me. If you watch like progress or any of these other like UK promotions, some of the songs seem like really involved and they like latch onto it like that. But yes, the chanting and everything, the songs make me just, I don't know. I love a UK crowd. I desperately need to go to wrestling in the UK. Okay. And Nina was going up against international pop sensation. B3 CCA Becca. <laughs> it was a really perfect matchup because Nina Samuels is like the TV star, the like, the like celebrity, and Becca is the international pop star. It was a wonderful like, like, you know, meet up the you know match of the the media moguls, essentially. Yeah, I just thought it was um and like the crowd took the back right away. I don't know if like the British crowd's familiar with how familiar they are with Becca, but it seemed like they took to her right away. Eve Eve crowds love a big personality. They love a bold personality, and they love someone who comes in with a lot of energy. They are absolutely at the feet of Session Moth Martina. So any wrestler that comes in there. Um, from, from America, from the UK or otherwise, if they come in with like a big amount of energy, the crowd really does latch onto it that very, very quickly. Um, plus, E-Crowds just in general are like great. They're like almost uniformly like really into it, really engaged and like behind the wrestlers. Um, so I wasn't surprised. I, I was not shocked at all that they they were into Becca because Becca, Becca has a really big presence. And they, I, I, I don't, this was her first Eve appearance. I want to say it was her first Eve appearance. Um, yeah. Yeah. I am like, yes. Oh, actually, no. no. It looks like she might have been in Eve back in 2021, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, against Alexis Falcon. Okay, okay. All right, well, maybe only one appearance before, but, like, definitely – um, won over a lot more people this time around, I believe. And um, again, someone like Nina Samuels, like it's really, really fun to see because the crowd loves to to hate on Nina Samuels. And um, yeah, I think Becca, like she just has that star quality. You know, whether it's in her photographs, whether it's her just coming out to the ring during her matches, like you don't have any clue who she is, you know she's a star, you know? <laughs> Yes, and, absolutely. Um, I'm not super familiar with the person that came out and distracted. Do you, are you familiar with her name was Eva White? Mm, no, not familiar. Yeah, so I wasn't. I was. I guess they're going to be um, joining up with Nina Samuels to maybe make people hate Nina a little bit more since she's kind of lovable. <laughs> yeah, they really don't need to work very hard on that. <laughs> The crowd absolutely loves to to shit on Nina. <laughs> but it seems like it's like uh, picking on your sister kind of way. Yeah. It's a very loving thing because also she's she's fairly big for the UK women's wrestling scene. Like she's was an NXT UK and like um of the of the Eve wrestler, she has like she has been the person to like have a name outside of Eve. So like it makes sense for them to to do that with a like kind of a loving tinge of like, we hate you, you're so famous. <laughs> Um, so after that one, we had um, the co-main event, Millie McKenzie defeating Casey, which we chatted about for a second. 
uh, Millie McKenzie will now be the number one contender and she'll cut her title challenge at the 13th anniversary show, which they announced at the end of the main event. Uh, Millie confronted Miu and uh, it will be an Iron Woman match. That's going to be incredible. Which is really going to be incredible. (laughs) But the best moment of that interaction was not just that it'll be an Iron Woman match, but then Mio's reaction, which was, okay, (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. Literally being like, okay, okay. (laughs) On with you. Yes, (laughs) bye-bye. It was so good. I cackled. It was fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do like that kind of reaction to it before. I'm like, more more wrestlers should just no sell people's big challenges. I mean, I guess the the king of that is Orange Cassidy, but you just you don't see it enough. I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, got it. Bye. <laughs> um, we also had the Royal Aces, Charlie Morgan and Jetta, our royal couple of of Eve, um, defeating Queens of Kampai, which was the uh, reunited Natsu and Session Moth Martina, and I was so sad to see them lose because I love them so much. I love Natsu and I love Session Moth and um, Natsu's pointy bra uh, <laughs> threatening everybody's eyeballs and it was just that that match was pure fun like anything with Session Moth um, what I really enjoy about Session Moth in Eve is that she gets a level she's been able to work a level of like serious wrestling that you don't necessarily see her be able to do in other places that utilize her um, where she can really she she can wrestle and they've given her some like really good like more like hardcore matches to to wrestle this one was a lot more fun this one was was definitely pure fun this one was to establish um to give them a, a great reunion moment on international women's day um to reunite their tag team from stardom um and Oedo Tai. and also and to, was, oh, sorry. oh sorry and just and just to like give the royal aces a clean win and i think it was just like a way to like open up the second half of the show with a fun match you know oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to have, like, it's going to be good in the ring, but it's also going to be super fun. Because Jetta's so entertaining. <laughs> I love Jetta. I honestly, I, I I miss watching Eve, but especially when I get to see Charlie and Jetta, and Jetta being her 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 half-ass princess die for wrestling. Like, I said this the other day, I'm like, I was just like, I could watch Session Moth, in Jetta do anything yes. like I could watch them be like 70 years old and like pick her while they're like knitting something and I would be enthralled <laughs> yeah. absolutely I never get tired of the session moth um I, I never get tired of her gimmick I never get tired of her entrance I like literally it's just always so good it's always so entertaining but it's never quite as magical as it is at Eve because the Eve crowd just that's where it feels like she is the most free, the most welcomed, the most like embraced and her and Natsu getting to do that. I mean, it was amazing that they ever actually got around to wrestling. That entrance takes like 15 minutes. And oh my God, she is in the best shape of her career too. But she's in great shape. What? Amazing shape. Well, we talked to her. When did we talk? We interviewed her sometime in like COVID year two, I think. I think and she had talked about like you know sticking to her gym routine and like really like going kind of 
like doubling down on it um, in the midst of COVID or like, because like that was what she could do. That's one thing she could really control. And like um, it, whatever time she has been putting in has paid off. Like she is in amazing shape. Um, and, you know, it goes hand in hand with also the fact that she's been like working more and I see her doing things. Um, she, uh, ostensibly I'm kind of hoping we'll see her back at ROH at some point now that ROH, ROH is back and established. It'd be interesting to see if they can like, include her in this, you know, developing women's roster or if they're resetting entirely, I don't know, but it'd be great to have her back in ROH doing stuff in the women's division when ROH is actually giving the women's division a little bit of respect. I mean, it seems like, I mean, anything with our AEW, I'm a little skeptical, but (laughs) I mean, it's for what, they're two episodes in now, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the list of matches that I've seen come out from the tapings, there's a fair amount of women's action in that, like a, a lot, even compared to back when we were covering Ring of Honor as a podcast, you know, back in like 2018, um, 2019. So I, I don't know. I, I, but I would love to see if like Session Moth could have a place there too, especially since it would mean more Session Moth in the States. Yeah. So is this where we got our announcement? Hmm. You tell it was me. either before this match or after this match. Uh, the announcement was Sapphire. The announcement was after this match. Okay. I believe. Yes, I think it was after this match, before the Alexis Falcon Miyuki match. I wasn't. I wasn't familiar and, with the people that were making the announcement. Were you? No, I wasn't. Um, especially not Sapphire, who I think is fairly young. I think she's a fairly new, I think she's fairly new. Um, but she is a classic Eve kid. Like she is a classic, like young, like young lion of Eve. Uh clean faced, ponytailed, like working like, her way up the ladder. <laughs> they've had so many women like like early in their careers that like are in that mold. And that's not to say like anything. Like that's not like there's, there's not no to say, like they're just bland, you know, wrestler number two or anything like that. Definitely not. <laughs> that's not a read. That's not a it's not said with any judgment. It's just like Eve has a young like their version of a young lion, like like ready, focused, clean, ready to go. <laughs> and from there they get, you know, they get their they get their gimmick. It's very it's actually is very young lion esque. Like it's very much like how the the system in Japan seems to work. So Sapphire came out and she was told that she was going to have two big matches. One in um I believe March show, and then oh no April I think yeah one in April and then one at the anniversary show in May. That is right. The first one in April is going to be against Casey Owens. So very tough fight. And then the one in the anniversary show is the big one. It is going to be the premiere of Billy Starks in Eve in England, in Europe. She's multi-continent. 18-year-old, so it is going to be a great matchup between two young superstars. I am very excited to see that. I'm really excited. I'm excited for Billy to be at Eve. Right. 
just like her in that atmosphere, I think is going to be amazing. 100%. 100%. I think, and that gets us ever closer to Billy versus Billy. <laughs> I just want that match to happen. After that announcement, we had Miyuki versus defeating Alexis Falcon. I don't have a ton to say about this match. Both women did great. Miyuki came in with a ton of energy. Um, I have only seen her. I'm trying to remember if I've seen her a whole bunch. I was like too familiar with them. I think I've seen Alexis Falcon before. She's um, pure. She she's a freelancer. She does a lot of the the like. I hate to say second tier, but like the slightly smaller Joshi's like Sendai Girls, Pure J, Wave. Was it have been around established? They're just like they they don't have quite the like they're not at the TJP and they're not at the stardom. They're, you know, more of your Joshi like indies, so to speak. Um, so I haven't seen a ton of her, but I liked I liked her a lot. She's adorable. Cute button. Mm-hmm. And then from there we had our title match, and we got to see. Mew and Lizzie Evo, and they both did great. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think of some of the moments of this match. I really enjoyed the kind of like I, I enjoyed that some of the heelish stuff from Lizzie, the like you know booty rubbing against the the ropes, and anytime you can do that with Mew, it's kind of fun because she is such just like a straight face shit kicker mm-hmm. that like know that if going to eat a foot to their face <laughs> and that's basically what happens yeah, just um really good match lots of very stiff lots of hard strikes you know just you know a match that you would expect from you yeah yeah absolutely and then you know with the three count and everything and then we got our reveal from millie that they would be having their 13th at the 13th anniversary show they'd be having their match and it's an iron woman match mew Agreed very quickly and sent her on her way. Okay, and bye. Just, okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> I will, I'll do that from now on. Anytime anyone asks me anything significant, I'm just going to be like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> You're going to do that at work now. Yeah, they'll be like, Emily, we need to do it. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> Overall, this is a like exceptionally solid show. Pretty good. Like, no lost match really at all here. I highly recommend checking this out, especially the, if you just want to watch the free first half on YouTube. If you're listening to this, go check it out on YouTube. You'll get to watch the first three matches. They're all worth catching. Nothing, nothing's very long here. They're all pretty short matches. Nothing even like the longest is the title match, and it doesn't even quite hit 15 minutes. So it's it's a really nice breezy show. And I think you know they have such a um, diverse show that you're not going to be like oh, another technical match or another high flyer or something like that. They're all pretty much different. And um, I think that's what makes it, you know, entertaining. Like this one where it's not a ton of big deal matches, there's still a lot of variety within what you're getting. And there's pretty much a match for every type of like wrestling fan amongst this, including if you if you just like a, a good time, entertaining stuff, there's matches like that. There's matches with comedy in it. There's, there's more straightforward matches. The main event is pretty damn straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cannot really get much better than than a title match um, with Mew, but like this, I, yeah, th- this this will deliver. So I definitely recommend checking out this one. I'm excited for the 13th anniversary show. I'm going to make a point of 
you know, getting back into Eve on a more regular basis because every time I watch a show of theirs, when I've spent time away from the promotion and then I watch one of their shows, I'm reminded of just how great pro wrestling Eve is and how much I really should be dedicating more time to Eve and less time to complaining about, you know. Right, that is our show. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. If you follow us on Patreon, one dollar a month gets you a weekly newsletter where people like me and Lindsay and Mayday and M write uh, little little letters to you, dear listener, every week, every Monday. Five dollars gives you bonus podcasts. M and I have one called Women's Wrestling Entertainment, where we're tracing the history of women in the WWE. Our 10th episode is coming out in the next couple of weeks and it is going to be all about 1987 to 1991 in the wwf you got sherry you got elizabeth that's it but still a very good episode i promise you and maybe we'll have some different stuff maybe we'll have some new stuff on the patreon in the future as well maybe you should you should do uh something with your art on the patreon do like a process video or something yeah 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 i have to get a new camera arm set up because uh those are who knew that would be a, a feat in itself <laughs> in the meantime though we will be back here next week for another episode of grit and glitter i think next week on the show i am going to be taking a look at the new apple tv documentary series monster factory all about the monster factory because that should be a very good episode i'll see if i can rope somebody in to talk about that with me and also next week on this podcast val pancakes will be chatting with step stool sarah rose <laughs>